Welcome to today's edition of the Bible Class. Our teacher, Dr. Kenneth C. Hill, is teaching from the New Testament book of John. You may send your questions by email through our website at whcbradio.org. That's whcbradio.org. Or you may mail your questions to the Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Blutville, Tennessee, 37617. And now, here is Dr. Hill with today's lesson. Welcome to the Bible class. We're continuing with our study in the Gospel of John. We're in chapter 12, and we're looking at the Supper at Bethany where Lazarus was hosting Jesus and his disciples as they were having dinner there at the home of Lazarus and Mary and Martha in Bethany. Now, while they were at supper, Mary, the sister of Lazarus, took a pound of spikenard, which is a, a gooey kind of resin that they make into this ointment, and it uh, really has an odor to it. It uh, really has an aroma that just, oh, just goes out. I've got a small bottle of it I was using in one of the churches where I pastored and I used it as an example of what the smell was and had one poor lady that almost fainted uh, from the smell uh, from the odor from the smell of the uh, spikenard but uh, I mean you know it was used to, to anoint bodies uh, for burial it was used as perfume and that sort of thing and it was very expensive in fact 300 denarii was mentioned by uh, Judas as being what they could get for it so it was apparently worth at least that that would have been a full year's wages for a normal worker um, and um, you know we we think about that and here she pours it out on the feet of Jesus what a waste said Judas and yet Christ didn't think it was a waste he said let her alone verse 7 against the day of my burying has she kept this for the poor always you have with you, but me you have not always. Now, notice the aroma of the spikenard not only was on the feet of Jesus and anointed him. It was also upon the hair of Mary. It anointed her because she wiped the excess with her hair. And the odor or the aroma or the scent of the fragrance went throughout the house and outside the house. It was so pungent uh, and potent that it was to be smelled in the vicinity. Guess what? <laughs> That's supposed to be an example of us as Christians. Not only do we give praise to God and glory to God, and He has that glory, some of it remains with us, and everywhere we go, people should see the glory of God upon us. They should see the Shekinah glory, as it were, upon us as we go about our daily business. Most of the time, we're too dour, and we have a frown on our face. Oh, forgive us, Lord, that we be that way. But we should have some of that anointing on us every day. Well, maybe we don't because we've never given any glory to God. Maybe we've never spent the time at the feet of the Savior that we need to spend at the feet of the Savior. How you doing on that? So here, she was anointing Christ prior to the burial. There would not be time, and we'll see that in a little bit, but there would not be time to anoint the body 
prior to burial because of all the rules of Sabbath and sundown and all of that. So here she was doing it prior to his crucifixion. Now the scripture also tells us there in verses 9, 10, and 11 of chapter 12 that there were people who came from far and wide to see Lazarus. They did not only come to see Jesus, but they came to see Lazarus. Now why would they come to see Lazarus? Because he was raised from the dead. He was a celebrity. Now, if he had been uh, during the time of television, he would have been on all the news shows. He would have been, uh, he would have had someone representing him. He'd have a book coming out. There'd be a movie made on his life. Uh, He would have more money than he could shake a stick at, probably lose it all overnight if he's like most of the people who get that. But he would have had all of that. The family would have been set. The ladies would never have had to worry when he died in the future. You say, wait a minute. But he didn't live then. No, he didn't. But he did live among human beings. And human beings had the same tendencies then that they have now. It's called the flesh. And so if there was something that was special that had happened in the community, everybody wanted to know about it. They're a bunch of gossips, just as they are today. News is nothing but gossip on a wide scale. Have you ever noticed that? That's all news is. When you watch the news, you're watching gossip on a wide scale. Hey, do you know who murdered somebody? Hey, do you know who got killed? Hey, do you know uh, who was arrested for embezzlement? Hey, do you know uh, who stole what from somebody else? Hey, do you know what politician said what? That's all gossip. It's just gossip on a grand scale. Here, there was not the grand scale that we have with television, radio, internet, and all the other uh, technologies that we have. But it was on the scale of human beings. Not only could someone walk to Jerusalem in less than an hour and spread the word about about Lazarus being uh, raised from the dead, they were able to spread it throughout Bethany and the communities and the hillsides around. And this was hill country. My goodness, I've grown up and lived in hill country most all my life. and, And I can tell you, hill folks like to gossip. Yep, we sure do. And so here, these folks wanted to gossip, and they wanted to see this Lazarus that they had heard so much about. This man was raised from the dead. What does he look like? Do we see a do we see a halo on him? What what uh, what happened? Let's see what he's doing. Does he still eat, or does he not have to eat now that he came back from the dead? All of these things that they were concerned about, they came to see Lazarus. But the chief priests were trying to figure out how to kill Jesus, and now they were trying to figure out how to kill Lazarus. Because people were coming to faith in Christ because of the miracle of the raising of Lazarus from the dead. These guys would go to no, they would spare no expense. They would go to all efforts to try to keep themselves in power. Now learn something from this and learn it well. Anybody in authority that grasps for power will not be your friend nor do you well simply because they should. They will do it so that they can stay in power. We see that in Christ's teachings. He, he told us about this, and yet we forget it. And in our society, since we are Caesar, and we're the ones that put people in authority over us, we need to especially remember that according to God's word. We don't want the bramble bush to be in charge of us. We'd rather the tall oak be in charge of us. And, of course, that's all 
in allegory, but that's the way that the, the Scripture presented it. And the truth is, we want the best, not the worst, to be in authority. But the chief priests, of course, and the rulers apparently were the worst, and they were trying to see how they could hold on to their authority. Because by reason of him, because by reason of Lazarus, uh, resurrection, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. Now, we were six days before the Passover when they had this supper. Guess what's next? Are you ready for this? It's time for Christ to enter into Jerusalem. And here he is, getting ready to go in to Jerusalem. He's going in. Verse 12, On the next day, much people that were come to the feast, this is the Passover feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees, and went forth to meet him, and cried, Hosanna! Blessed is the King of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord! And Jesus, when he had found a young ass, sat thereon, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, thy king cometh sitting on an ass's colt. These things understood not his disciples at the first, but when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him, and that they had done these things unto him. The people, therefore, that was with him when he called Lazarus out of the grave and raised him from the dead, bear record. For this cause the people also met him, for that they heard that he had done this miracle. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, Perceive ye how ye prevail nothing? Behold, the world is gone after him. <laughs> the world has gone after Jesus. That's what the Pharisees see. After Martha had served so beautifully with this supper, Mary worships from her heart with the anointing, and then we see that we move from that the next day to Christ presenting himself to the nation of Israel as their Messiah. Now, they receive him, but they do not receive him as a nation. The nation does not receive him. There are individuals that receive him because of miracles, because of what they've heard of him, because of the gossip that's been spread about him. They receive him in that fashion, but it is a shallow reception. It's, it's, a, it, it's a fickle reception. It's not one that's going to last. It is not one that is permanent. It is not one that is real. Uh, and that's the problem. They took the branches of the palm trees. Uh, they went forth to meet him. They were crying, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Uh, they were giving forth uh, the, the praise from Psalms. Uh, they were uh, strewing these in front of his little donkey as he was riding in. And here he comes in, and uh, not all the details are here. Now, you'll find the details in the Synoptic Gospels. Uh, not all the details are here. Remember why John was writing his gospel. He was writing the gospel to show that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God, that he was God the Son. 
okay, and that you might believe on his name. The, the, the signs are here, the miracles, if you will, are here so that you can understand who Christ is and was. And so that's why John wrote this, so he doesn't give us all the details we get from Matthew, Mark, and Luke. All right, and there uh, were certain Greeks, verse 20, among them that came up to worship at the feast, and the same came before to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. You might want to mark that. That's an excellent little phrase that's here in Scripture in John chapter 12, verse uh, 21. Sir, we would see Jesus. One of the churches, in fact, more than one of the churches I used to preach at, had plaques similar to that in their pulpit. One in particular, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. Uh, it's a cascading effect here uh, where these Greeks are wanting to see Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Now, in the first uh, 11 chapters or so, we've seen oftentimes Christ would say, My hour is not yet. My hour is not yet come. My hour is not here. But now he says, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now notice he is teaching, even as Philip and Andrew come to him to say, we've got these Greeks that would see you, that want to, want to meet you. So he says, verily, verily, truthfully, truthfully, of assurance, of assurance, amen and amen, I say unto you, except that seed fall in the ground and die, it's by itself. But once it falls in the ground and dies, then life is given to it to the point that it grows. And if it's a grain of wheat, wheat results. If it's a grain of corn, corn results. If it's whatever it is, it has great fruit from being what it is when it dies. If you love your life, you'll lose it. If you hate your life in this world, you'll have it for eternity. The life will be yours in eternity. And if any man serve me, let him follow me. Now, see, this is a key for those of us in this day and age it's a key for us to remember and to do. And that is, if we're going to be in Christ, we must follow him. If we're going to be in Christ, we must follow him. And if we follow him, if we serve him, then we will have honor of God the Father. Now, here's continuing. Um... Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. That A question mark would be better than a colon there. Save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. This was 
a question, not an option. Uh, it was never an option for Christ not to go to the cross. It was never an option for him not to go to the cross. Now, he could have chosen not to, I'm sure, but that wasn't an option because he was sent for a purpose. And that purpose was the purpose that he and the Father and the, the Spirit had worked out before this world began. And so he came for that purpose. And so did, did he say, Father, save me from this hour? No, but for this cause came I unto this hour. This is the reason that I came. This is not an option for me not to go to the cross. It's a rhetorical question. Do I not go to the cross? Well, of course I go to the cross. That's why I came. That's why I'm here. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Notice God speaks once again, just as he has in the past, when Christ was baptized, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Here it is, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it, and said that it thundered. Others said an angel spake to them. They didn't hear it properly, but it was there. They saw it as some sort of phenomenon, whether it be thundering or angels, they didn't know. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. Christ has never hidden the fact of his onward march to the cross from the time he began his ministry until now. He has been forthright and transparent in telling his followers he was on the way to the cross. He has never hidden the fact that he was on his way to the cross. And here he says... If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. He's used this phrase before. He gives it again in this teaching. This he said, signifying what death he should die. And the people answered him, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. And how sayest thou the Son of Man must be lifted up? They know what this means. They know this means crucifixion. They know this means death. They understand what he was saying. Who is this Son of Man, they ask. Now remember, Son of Man is a title for the Messiah. And Jesus has used this title often. He has not hidden that from his followers either. Then Jesus saith unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While ye have light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus, and departed, and did hide himself from them. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him, that the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report, and who hath the arm of the Lord been revealed. Therefore they could not believe because that 
Isaiah said again, He hath blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted, and I should heal them. These things said Isaiah when he saw the glory and spake of him. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Oh, how sad. How sad. And yet that's who we are sometimes. Oh, may it not be for you or for me that we would love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Oh, let me read it again. Let it soak in. But they didn't want to be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Thank you for joining us today for this edition of the Bible Class with Dr. Kenneth C. Hill. You may reach us by email by going to our website, whcbradio.org, and sending us an email on the Contact Us link. That's whcbradio.org. If you prefer to use the Postal Service, our address is The Bible Class, WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Blountville, Tennessee, 37617. That's The Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bumpville, Tennessee, 37617. You may also call us at 423-878-6279. Until our next Bible class program, we are trusting that the Lord will richly bless you as you serve Him.